Hey, what's up? This is your host, Jeanette. Welcome to the Chronicles of an Introverted Black Woman. We're up to volume five. We are trying to find our happiness. I'm hoping that I can help you find your happiness in today's episode. And we're also going to have a segment focusing on me being a Black educator and just thinking about all the stuff that's been going on currently in the world. So yeah, stay tuned. So you're listening to this segment for a reason. And that reason is that you want to find happiness. What does that even look or sound like? Is it tangible? Guess what? It starts from within. It starts with you. And you want to be able to create and find your own happiness. And that is amazing. You are taking the first step in the right direction by listening to me. We often get comfortable in a routine And that routine can mask itself as being happiness. But you have to ask yourself, are you really genuinely happy with like the way things are going in your life currently? Being comfortable in any kind of relationship, friends, intimate or family. If you take a step back and look at your situation from the outside looking in, are you really happy? The key to all of this is being self-aware. Are those things really bringing you joy and happiness? Or are you masking it for something deeper, like a deeper issue that you're trying to cover? I know it can be hard to think about stuff like this, but it's really good therapy. When a relationship ends, a new chapter begins. I always like to say that to myself. So if you end a friendship, if you're ending, if you're starting a new job, whatever that chapter or relationship that you had, When it ends, don't think that that's the end of everything. It's actually starting a new beginning for you. So think of it that way. So after a bad breakup, you start to question yourself. Like, was it me? Did I do something wrong? But once you get past all of that, you'll start to see that your happiness comes from within and not from other people. And a majority of the time, we don't ask ourselves those difficult questions. You know, those questions that you might not want to say out loud. Like, was I really happy in this relationship or was I in it because I was just comfortable? And I know it can be hard when you see your friends or your coworkers who are in a happy relationship that it may appear to be happy. You really don't know what someone else is going through in that relationship. I've seen too, too often, um, I've seen too often where people are in a toxic relationship and it ends badly. And the whole time I thought they were happy. So we have to have this reality check that the grass is never greener on the other side. So that's why we can never look at other people's view, like looking from your perspective, looking at someone's relationship and viewing it as them being happy, you can never do that because you're always going to be chasing something that's false. They can post tons of pictures on trips and going out drinking, but does that mean they are really happy? Or are they masking that unhappiness by going out? So never compare your life or what makes you happy to someone else's situation. So that's really important. 
And I'm not knocking people who enjoy going out and drinking or knocking people who are in a healthy, happy relationship. That is the goal. But we have to be grounded in our own realities. We can't look for our happiness on TV shows and hope that, oh yeah, that's the the relationship I'm looking for or the friendship I'm looking for. All of those things just makes you crazy. I mean, for me, it makes me crazy. It gives me anxiety. So I try to avoid stuff like that, even though it's enjoyable to watch, but just keep in mind that your happiness, it comes from being self-aware within your own self. Think of it as a time where you're getting to know yourself and you really want to figure out what your happiness should look like without the support of others. Um, We often use friends. And I know this, I'm speaking from experience. We often use friends or family and intimate relationships as a crutch for our own happiness. And that's all wrong. When we start to rely on someone else for our happiness, like we're never truly going to be happy. It's always going to be something that we're going to complain about or something in the back of our head that is going to stop us from truly being happy. So what happens when that person is in a bad mood, right? If you're relying on someone else for your happiness and that person's not in a good mood, like where's your happiness supposed to come from then? Like you you can't link your happiness all in one person. You can They can add to your happiness and you can add to their happiness, But at the end of the day, it starts with you. And trust me, I know it can be scary. It can be a scary thing to think about. Like something so simple as being happy, really sitting down and saying, okay, what does that look like for me? Like what really makes me happy? And it seems like a simple question, but it really isn't. For the longest time, I thought happiness had to be found through friendships or hanging out or going shopping when all that may make you happy for a moment, but those things are temporary. And chances are, right, most likely, whatever makes you happy might not have anything to do with anyone around you, and that's good. I also know that it can be easier to stay in that situation where you feel comfortable rather than leaving. You have to weigh your options. What's the worst thing that could really happen when you decide to put your happiness first? Like what could really happen? What's the worst thing? So you have to stop thinking with that mindset of like, oh, well, you know, I'm comfortable and it's not that bad. Like if you have to say it's not that bad, then you need to get moving. Like being comfortable and you're saying I'm comfortable and I'm happy. But what about yourself? You know yourself better than anybody in your circle. I've heard that a lot of people say there's two sides of of us. We have two sides. There's one side that we share with the world. And then you have the side that you only share with yourself. So how can someone else know what happiness looks like for you better than you, yourself? I know for me being a 29-year-old, I always thought the key to finding my happiness was in someone else. And I was totally wrong. And once I let go of that cliche of, you know, oh, I have to find someone to make me feel happy. Once I got rid of that, and I'm not trying to sound like a bitter person because I'm not, like I'm really genuinely happy. And that's why we have to get rid of that stigma 
that, oh, if you're not in a relationship, you must be miserable. There's plenty of people who are in a relationship and they actually feel happier, believe it or not. So when you start thinking about hobbies and you think about things that bring you joy, that's beautiful. That's where happiness comes from. You need to start setting goals for yourself. I know I do that for me. And make sure the goals aren't connected to anyone but you. For example, a goal that brings me happiness uh, is buying a, a house. That's a goal. And it's not, oh, I will be happy when I'm in a relationship or I'll be happier uh, once I have a baby because those two things should add to the happiness that you created on your own. You don't want to set an expectation before you even know what the outcome is going to be. That's just my opinion. There's other people that might think differently, but that's what I feel. That's the worst thing you can do. You have to invest in yourself. You have to. That's called self-investment. You have to create whatever makes you happy. You will start to see yourself evolve into this best version of you. The moment you say, you know what? I want to find my happiness and I'm going to figure it out for me. Then you're doing some self-investment and that's amazing. It's about letting go. When you start to self-invest in yourself, you start to learn your worth. And life overall will start to get better. It's about letting go of other people's opinions of you and finding value in what you have to say and what you feel and what you think. Because at the end of the day, you know yourself best. So I hope that today you will find happiness from within and not from something that doesn't add value to who you are. And I'm sending positive energy and I know you'll find your happiness soon. And just know it starts with you. And on that note, I want to talk about, you know, finding your happiness and being a black woman. So being a black woman, it's hard. You know, we are seen as a person who can do all things without showing emotion and we we're always putting people's needs before our own and we have to stop. We start losing ourselves for the benefit of making someone else happy. And this isn't new. When you think back from generations of generations of black women, we were always taking care of other people. List of things where we are not putting as a black woman, we, we, we don't put our needs first. So that's important to do. And a lot of times we start losing ourselves for the benefit of making someone else happy. And that isn't new. It's not. And I'm not saying that you have to be selfish. You can make other people happy, but just make sure you save some happiness for you. And all of and although and although it would be great to be in a healthy relationship with a huge house and family, that doesn't have to be my happiness right now. Right. That doesn't have to be what I strive for. You can find the same happiness in things that you really enjoy. It could be a hobby for me. It could be listening to music, whatever it is. Please start doing that today. So I hope I inspired you guys to really find happiness from within. And just know that during this time, 
try to find a way to put yourself at the center. I know it could be hard with, you know, all the stuff that's going on currently, but you know yourself best. No one knows you the way that you know yourself. And you just have to ask yourself those questions like, what will make me feel happy? And for myself, today, I've become so much better. I've surrounded myself with great people, people who make me laugh, people who make me happy. And I no longer have to feel that I need to follow a trend or be something that I don't want to be. As long as your happiness is at the center of all the things around you, you're on the right track. So, yeah, finding your happiness, that is the goal. Thank you. Hey, welcome to this segment of Black Educator Wow, it's so bittersweet. We are coming to the end of a school year. A really, really wacky, wacky, I don't even know how to describe it, school year. Like going to remote learning was a huge shift. And I'm not sure if it was for the better. It definitely gave me more time to spend with my son. But there's going to be a lot of changes when we go back as far as Supporting the kids emotionally, socially, the kids weren't together. They're not going to see each other for what, like six months. And that is going to be a huge adjustment. So I think as teachers, we need to make sure that we are mindful that when our students come in, you might not see what you expect. It's not going to be like the September we're used to. It can't be. We have to build genuine relationships with our students and what I mean by genuine I mean really get to know your student as if they were a member of your family the same way a lot of times there are teachers who see their students as a student like whenever I have my students those are my babies those are my children you are my children for the year I don't know if it's because I'm a mom and I'm all mushy but for me, though, each of those students become my child. Like, I'm going to take care of you and I'm going to do what I can to make sure you learn everything that you need to learn before you go to the next teacher. And not just academically, socially and emotionally. And now we have a bigger job to do as educators. Like, for me, this has always been a thing. I've always incorporated Black um, history in my classroom. Because if I didn't, it's like I'm doing a disservice to my students. And the sad part is that it's not a part of the curriculum. We need to make a change. We need to find a way to add, not find a way, we need to, we have to. It has to be done. It has to be done. We can't wait for all these curriculums to create a plan And I know a lot of teachers might say, oh, well, I don't have time. I don't have. No, we have to make time. Like you make time to read for things that you enjoy. You have to make time for this as well. This is where it's going to start. If we really want to change and make this huge difference 
Like we can donate as much as money as we can, but it has to start with our education system. The American educational system, it's very flawed. Like we have to change the way that we're teaching the curriculum. And I know I said it in the last segment, but I'm going to say it again, that this is our priority. If you decide to say, okay, I'll teach black history, I'll add it. And you're starting with slavery or you start with Martin Luther King. That's like me starting the American Revolution at the end and saying, oh, yeah, we don't need that. I want to get right to the end when they were able to when we got our independence. Like, no, we can't start there. And it's the same for black history, because black history is American history. There will be no American history without black people. There wouldn't. There wouldn't be an America without black people and Native Americans. It's it's tiring times. And as we get to the end of the school year, I know that we're just checked out. We're zoned out. We are tired. I feel you. We have been busting our asses, as teachers. And I just want to commend you and just say thank you. Thank you for pulling through. And I know some parents out there like, oh, my gosh, like, what are the teachers doing? Like, I'm doing most of the work. And it's like, no, teachers are busting their asses. I know for sure. Staying up late, making sure those PowerPoints or the Google Classroom is set up or whatever platform you're using, making sure it was available for students right before they come on every day. And then if there's a glitch and getting emails from students, you know, it doesn't stop. So I know like sometimes you may not feel appreciated. Just know that I appreciate you and you are appreciated. So thank you educators for making the difference. Although that it has, it had to be remote. Just know that the kids appreciate you. We appreciate you. I appreciate you. And when you go into the summer, I know you start to get anxious. Like, oh, what will next year look like? I mean, we don't know what next year will look like, but I do know that we have to make it our priority to incorporate, to include Black history. And it can be as simple as making sure that your library is culturally relevant for all backgrounds. Simple as that. And it just can't be books on the shelf. You have to you have to be open. You as a teacher, you have to be comfortable. And I know the the thought of talking about racism, which is so hard for me to understand and for me to fathom that people in 2020 are still uncomfortable with talking about racism and if you are uncomfortable you you gotta get through that you gotta jump over that hurdle and figure it out any obstacle that has been in your way you're not just gonna say oh well I can't do it and then go about your day no you you figure it out You've been uncomfortable in many other situations. Just because it's about race, you can't just brush it under the rug. You have to find a way to deal with it. There are resources out there. There are books out there. There are tons of things. Google it, you'll find it. I just feel like some people might just not want to do it. And if you don't want to do it, I'm going to be honest with you, then stop being a teacher. And I don't usually say that to people. I always say, go for your dreams. But when it comes to 
racism when it comes to teaching history of black children if you're teaching black and brown children not only black and brown children if you're teaching white children as well they need to know because then that cycle is just going to continue like i've seen it firsthand when my students don't even know what's going on they're like oh yeah i'm going to the beach and it's like no you need to to teach children what's going on with technology all around us they're gonna see it there's no reason to shelter them from this something like this doesn't need to be sheltered kids can start to recognize skin color from early ages so when you start to say oh yeah my, my child doesn't see color if they can pick up a crayon and say mommy i want to use green crayon they can see color so you know miss me with that and it and when you say stuff like that, you're only creating those little seeds will grow into a plant and that plant is called racism. So if you're a parent and you say to yourself, oh, I'm not ready to have the conversation about race with my child. Well, let me give you a dose of reality. Black people don't have that choice. The moment my child is able to go outside and play on his own with his friends, I need to have that conversation with him. If he's playing with his water gun or his toy gun, I need to teach them. It's really hard. So when people, white people say, oh, well, I don't need to teach my child about race. And it's like, no, you need to. Cause like black people have to have those conversations with their children early on or real early on and it shouldn't be different and it's getting to a point where I just don't want to have these conversations anymore because there are resources out there and at this point if you're not using those resources you're just being lazy stop being lazy read a book watch it on YouTube go on Netflix they have curated a whole like collection of Black Lives Matter movies or films or tv shows that you can watch so do the work the only way that we're going to make a difference and see some type of progression it starts with white people i mean we've done all that we can do and we're tired we've been tooting the same horn for so long and now we need you to get it together we really do so yeah that's my rant for today and in our next segment we are going to be talking about happiness i want all of us to find happiness in this dark time even if it's a little little spark of happiness you can do it so thank you for listening to my rant and i'll see you in the next segment Hey, what's up? Welcome to this segment of Black Educator. I am really excited about today's episode because I am giving you some resources. It is our job to educate our students. And the one way we can do that is by educating them and teaching them about tolerance. 
I found this. Well, I didn't find it, but a colleague of mine shared this website called tolerance.org. Amazing, amazing website. There are so many lessons. There are professional development. There are magazines and publications that you can use right from this website. There are also classroom resources provided for you. So Teaching Tolerance, their website, the goal of it is to help teachers and schools educate children and youth to be active participants in a diverse democracy. And that's what we want to get to. So this website has already started the work for you. You can go on there. You can educate yourself on so many things. One of the things that stood out to me was the part where as soon as you go onto the page, as soon as you click onto the tolerance.org page, they have a whole spread about teaching Juneteenth. So those of you who do not know what Juneteenth is, you can go to this website and I'll give you a little preview of what it is. Each year around June 19th, black communities across the country unite for a family reunion. And this time is a time to celebrate our blackness. It's a time for people to come together to celebrate and enjoy music and celebrate our art, food, and just connect and share some of our history and connect with each other and just pay respect to our ancestors. And the saddest part about this is that this holiday is not a holiday that is celebrated throughout the United States. So a lot of people who are deciding to take off, they have to use their sick time or their personal days. And I feel like that needs to change. For the longest time, we've been focusing on the 4th of July as our independence. And that's not fair. Like the celebration of Juneteenth marks the day in 1865 when enslaved Texans in Texas learned that they were free. Even though two months prior, Robert E. Lee surrendered and ended the Civil War. And although the truth has been hidden for a long time and we still continue to face a lot of oppression in the black community, I think this day should be a day of celebration, a day of celebrating who we are, where we came from. And not what I mean by where we came from, like from slavery, where that's not where it started. We were enslaved. We weren't slaves. We were enslaved and we were taken from our beautiful land of Africa. And we were kings and we were queens. We came from kings and queens. Like when you think about Egypt and hieroglyphics and all of the stuff, the pyramids, all of the things that were created. And I want black and brown children to know that they come from queens. They come from kings. They didn't start with slave slavery. They, we didn't start from slavery. And I don't think that it's fair that we're teaching children that that's where it started. So this tolerance.org, great, great resource where you can find a lot of information where it breaks it down. So there's no more, oh, well, I don't know. I don't have the resources. There's tons of resources on this website. It even breaks it down on how to understand the emancipation that took place and why it's important for Juneteenth to be observed. Because 
even though the America, um, even though we had the 4th of July and people celebrate that and have barbecues and meanwhile, our ancestors weren't even, even free. Our ancestors were still enslaved in Texas. So that's why Juneteenth is important for us to celebrate. And the common mistake among those who teach the history of American slavery, it's always at the center of how Abraham Lincoln granted us the freedom. But we need to teach more of the history. We need to break down what the 13th Amendment really meant. Were we really free? And I think that's important for teachers to to educate themselves. And and I'm telling you, go on this website, Teaching Tolerance. It's tolerance.org. And there are tons of resources on here. Professional development. There's workshops. You can request trainings. There's self-guided learning. There's webinars. There's podcasts. So you have to do the work. I'm not saying that this is something that can be done overnight, but there's so much things. There's classroom resources. There are lessons. There's student texts. There's student tasks. There's teaching strategies. There's printable posters. This website is amazing. And I feel like if we're going to change what's going on, this will be a good way to start a good segue. So if you're teaching a part of history in your current curriculum and you say, wait, there's some gaps that I need to fill in, tolerance.org will be a great resource. And this is not me promoting the website like I'm getting money. No, this is a really good organization that I would advise you to look into. And this is not just for white educators. This is also for black educators because... Think about it. We went to college to become teachers. We went to college to teach kids how to do reading, how to do writing. We went to school ourselves and we were taught one way of learning, one way of what the American life was. So for even for ourselves, we have to relearn the truth. So Teaching Tolerance, the website is a really good website that I would recommend to start with and, you know, spend some time learning and you won't regret it. Thank you for listening to this segment. And I'm telling you, you're going to like the teaching tolerance. And as I was on the teaching tolerance, there was this another good article I'm going to recommend another good, uh, really good lesson for it's probably better for middle school, high school. But it's Frederick Douglass giving a speech and it's called what to the slave is the 4th of July. And he gives a speech about, and remember Frederick Douglass is someone who escaped enslavement years before, like it was that we were free. So he's really important. And his speech, he gave it to the day after the 4th of July in Rochester, New York. And it goes into detail of all the things that he said. And it's amazing to see the words. Like his vocabulary is phenomenal. And just knowing that this man was a slave or this man was enslaved. See, we have to correct ourselves. This man was enslaved. And some of the things that he said would astound you. So I'll talk about one thing that he said. He goes, the blessings in which you 
talking about white people, this day rejoice are not enjoyed in common. So when we're talking about the 4th of July, Frederick Douglass says the blessings in which you this day rejoice are not enjoyed in common. So what that means is while white men and women are celebrating their independence as a country. So on 4th of July, when you guys are cooking your hot dog and hamburgers and celebrating the history that you have, African-American men and women are still fighting for theirs from those very same white men and women. So does that make sense that whites were celebrating their freedom Meanwhile, they had slaves. So like your blessings that you're rejoicing on 4th of July, we can't be, that's not common for us. And Frederick Douglass said those words. 1852, he said these words, yet they are still living today because we still don't have Juneteenth off. We're, people still have to work. 1852, Imagine him the day after 4th of July, he's seeing all of these people celebrate being free when he had people from his family still not free. So when we celebrate June 19th, it's because of 1865 was the was when enslaved Texans learned that they'd be free. 1865. 1865. But Frederick Douglass gave that speech in 1852. What to the slave is the 4th of July. So he spoke that and it wasn't until 13 years later that all blacks were free. So this fight that we're fighting currently, it's going to take time. It's not going to happen overnight. And we're not going to give up. We can still do it. And I know when we think back to our ancestors who fought for us to get to where we are now, and we can't let them down. And we can't give up this fight. It's not going to be done today. It's not going to be done tomorrow. We don't know when. We really don't know when, but it starts It starts here. We have to start teaching tolerance. That's the only way that we can come together and be active participants in a diverse democracy, we really have to put all of the learning that we taught, all of the learning that is instilled in our brains, we kind of have to unlearn it. And it's going to take time to unlearn things that has always been a part of who you are. Put an emphasis on social justice and anti-bias. That's the only way that we can really make a change and encourage children to challenge all of those things that they have learned and all of the things that their parents have learned and their grandparents have learned. It starts with the children. So we need to teach tolerance. We need to educate ourselves and we have to unlearn all of the things. And that's the only way that we can really build a school community that respects and values all people. That's the only way we can do that. And this website provides free resources. You don't have to pay for any of the resources that's on this website. All you have to do is go to the website, tolerance.org. And you don't even have to be an educator. If you're a parent and you want to educate your child or educate yourself in being an active participant in a diverse democracy. Because right now, although 
we are diverse as a people, there's still a lot of stuff that we have to unlearn. And it starts with teaching tolerance. So I hope that I've inspired you to go to the website. Um, I'm not getting paid for any of this. I just really recommend this website because it has helped me so much in finding the words to explain to my students because that's the fear that our kids are going to ask tons of questions and we're not going to know the answer. And honestly, I think it's okay to be honest with your students and say, you know what, I'm learning the same way you're learning. Be open and be honest. Be transparent with your students when it comes to teaching tolerance and let them see that you're learning as well. And we have to encourage and respect the school community for all the learners, no matter where they come from, no matter what their background is. And it's really important and it starts with us. Thank you for listening.